Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Doc Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, it's Dan Leach. Be sure to check out my podcast, The Detroit CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. We dive into the betting angle for all the Detroit teams and the Michigan Wolverines and Michigan State Spartans as well. If you're from Detroit or a fan of any of the Detroit or college teams in the Michigan area and want to become a sharper better, this is the podcast for you. So please subscribe, follow, and listen to The Detroit CityCast on Apple Podcasts Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Detroit City Cast with Dan Leach, presented by Bet Rivers. And welcome in Wild Wednesday edition of the Detroit City Cast. It's a pleasure and honor to be here with you as always. And so much going on in this midweek hump day show, and, and so much to get to as the rest of this week goes forward as we. Get closer to Michigan State, Ohio State. Game day will be there. And, of course, the Lions and the Browns. I don't know how many people are excited about that. But big news with Mel Tucker that we'll get to. The Tigers making some signings and possibly another huge one or two to come uh, in the next few days or week or so. And, you know, there's just a very interesting period of time to be a Detroit fan that I want to get to as well with a poll I put up on the team that's going to get something done next. It's amazing how long it's been since Detroit teams have won playoff series or games. We'll get into that a little later as well. Uh, But I want to start with the Motown betting window, as we always do here on the Detroit CityCast, presented by our great friends at Bat Rivers. Let's take a look at that Lions-Browns game. And news today, the news of the world is that Jared Goff is not practicing. Jared Goff is on the sidelines, and Tim Boyle, Tim Boyle, the pride of Eastern Kentucky, 
is out there. It's an oblique injury for Jared Goff. He's day-to-day. I, if I had to handicap it right now, I think Goff's going to go. It would be very tough for him not to unless things get worse throughout the week. But as it stands right now, Tim Boyle taking the first team reps, and that's why we've seen some major movement on this line. Remember yesterday, 9.5, uh, the Browns were favored by. Now it's up to 11.5, so a couple points, even though Goff has been not the greatest of quarterbacks much of the year. He still is a guy that's been to a Super Bowl and has been a starter the majority of his career. And it's a lot different. You know, You know, there's war in baseball. We're going to get to that with uh, what the Tigers are doing with the signing of Eduardo Rodriguez and hopefully some others in a second. But, you know, the wins above replacement for Goff and Boyle, it's a big deal. Definitely a big deal with a, a you know, a, a supplanted or, a, you know, a entrenched starter that's been that way the most of his career or a guy like Tim Boyle coming off the bench with very little experience. So now 11.5 for the Browns right now at Bet Rivers, minus 10 on, on both sides. Money line up to minus 625 for Cleveland. Cleveland! And plus 430 on the Lions' money line. The total 43.5, over minus 113, under minus 108. I'd leave the over right now, but as you know on the show, I will only give you totals when I really like them. I'm not a huge totals better. I definitely don't like taking unders because why do I, I want to root against points. There's certain you know times where metrically and, and for many different other reasons I really do like a total and I've had pretty good success when I've given them out on this show and in general on, on social media the last several years and betting them myself but I just I'm not a big totals guy I know some of you love the totals and feel free to ask me on Twitter at DanLeeChinny71 if you ever have a question on a total I always have an idea of what I think the right side is but I just think there's more value in betting money lines and spreads and you know doing parlays and that kind of stuff uh, with different teams and, and taking totals. But there are times where definitely totals are awarded. That's where we're at with the Lions and Browns line right now. We have a little movement on the Michigan State Buckeye line down to 19 and a half. I mean, it's it, the fact that it's been at 20 is crazy for the number seven versus number four team in the country. Michigan State, though, we know that, you know, they're a team that likes to control the, you know, running game with Kenneth Walker. They can score in a hurry at times. But you look at Purdue, they came in just off beating Michigan State. They were 21-point underdogs. And then they get their asses kicked by almost 30 to Ohio State. I think that, that Michigan State is going to be closer than the, than the Boilermakers were. But Ohio State is just another level of, uh, you know, talent and, off, and awesomeness. So um, it's, just, it's just one of these things where that is an insane amount of points to me. But the way that the Buckeyes have played football for the last several years, obviously under Urban Meyer and, of course, under Ryan Day now, it's not a surprise if they play a top 10 team or a top 15 team and win by 35. That's just what the Buckeyes do. And with Stroud, the quarterback, and with the, the you know, the defense isn't great for, for Ohio State, but they've got so many different weapons. I just, I'm telling you, I would not be shocked if this game was a blowout. But... You know, I lead towards the 19 and a half of Michigan State right now. That is a crazy amount of points for a Spartans team whose defense has played well at times this season. But then against Purdue, gave up over 500, almost 600 passing yards. And against Michigan, gave a lot of points. So it's not like this is a vintage Michigan State defense. Uh, but I just look at this game and I say, okay, I can, get, I, I can lay 19 and a half with Ohio State, which I wouldn't do. Or I can... Get the Spartans at 19 and a half or 20, a team that can score that has Kenneth Walker. And even with, with Naylor banged up, they, you know, they still obviously have, you know, the ability to, to, you know, have sustained drives and go down there. But then you look at what, 
you know, Ohio State brings with Stroud and Olave and Wilson and, you know, they've got a solid running back and Travion Henderson and, and, and good backups as well. It's it's just, it's a dangerous game. It's the most dangerous game, if you will. And I think you got to be careful betting this one. If, if, if there's definitely a lean to me, it is taking the Spartans. But I also had Purdue last week. It felt really good about that. And Purdue got their asses kicked. So, you know, this, this is a great spot for Kenneth Walker to continue to try to make a case for the Heisman. He has a huge game and keeps Michigan State in it. Or, or, or dare I say they win the game, which I think is very unlikely. Uh, you know, that's how they cover the spread. And it's a ton of points for a top 10 team. But once again, it is Ohio State and Purdue exposed some of the weaknesses of that Spartan defense. We know the Spartan secondary has not been good all year long. But boy, you know, Jay, you know Reed's going to have to have a huge game. Walker, as we mentioned. Peyton Thorne's going to have to keep the, you know, uh, the turnovers to a minimum, if not zero. Uh, but it should be a lot of fun on, on Saturday at noon. High noon at the shoe. The money line, by the way, Ohio State minus 910 at Bet Rivers right now, plus 575 for the Spartans. The total 67 and a half over minus 109, under minus 112. It seems like a pretty darn high total to me. Uh, but the way that Ohio State's scoring and the way that Michigan State can score, it's, it's not that crazy. I mean, I, I'd have a lead on the over in that one too, but I'm not... I'm not touching the total. It's just by lean. Michigan and Maryland line down a half point. Michigan minus 14 and a half right now, minus 113. Maryland uh, plus 14 and a half, minus 108. Money line Michigan minus 835 right now at Bent Rivers and plus 500 for Maryland. The total 57, a little up from uh, 56 and a half from yesterday, over minus 113, under minus 108. And, and this is a game that I am not going to be betting myself. Uh, you know, it's it's. I just don't really see a lot of value in this. I think Maryland can be a tricky team at times, but I just don't think they have the horses to even have a, a, a you know a reasonable chance to win the game. Could they cover? Sure. Maybe if Michigan calls all the dogs to get ready for the Buckeyes, and Michigan's up by you know like twenty eight in the second half, and you know you get two garbage late touchdowns, maybe that happens. But I just the line is right where it should be. I think Michigan's going to win this game by about fifteen to twenty points. And it will look easy doing it. And they don't have to show too much. They're not going to be vanilla offense, obviously, this late in the season. But they can bring in J.J. McCarthy. They can, you know, not have to have, to have Kate out there the whole time. Uh, get some of their guys healthy. And I think they win this game for about 15 to 20. So the line's kind of right where it should be. No opinion on the total. And I'm sure if some of you want to throw in some 5 or 6 or 17 crazy parlays like some of you like to do, you can use the Michigan money line uh, as one of those. Because Michigan, I don't think, is going to lose this game. Uh, so that's where we're at right now with the college football stuff. And we do have one game tonight, locally NBA action, the Pistons. You know, Cade Cunningham just had that great metric night. He had uh, a huge performance in the loss uh, a couple nights ago. But, you know, this Pistons team is just not good. They're not good right now, and maybe they'll get better as things go on. Uh, you know, Cunningham did have 25-8-8 and uh, against the Kings, and, you know... I, I wanted to give you the stat that I had from Cunningham from a couple nights ago. Uh, he he was a you know one of the younger guys to to reach a, a milestone, and that's great. And and you want Cade Cunningham to continue to move forward and continue to you know we knew he wasn't right early in the year, but when you look at how things have been very frustrating for Cade Cunningham and the Pistons themselves, this this it's it's really about this team moving forward and getting their legs under them and, and trying to find a way to play better basketball together because this isn't the year that, I mean, we talked about maybe the playoffs, what was it, 10 to 1 or so? 
uh, to 12 to 1 to make the playoffs for the Pistons. This maybe there's a little value on that before the season. It's unlikely the Pistons were going to make the playoffs, even with the new rules with the play in tournament. But you know, you look at Cade, he joined Grand Hill and Dave Big as the only Piston rookies with 25, 8, and 8 in a game in team history. So he's starting to get his legs on him. I like that. But tonight the Pacers come in, uh, they're favored by six and a half. Money line minus 265, the total 205 and a half. And I thought that the Pistons were a nice play with the Kings traveling west to east, getting four and a half, five at home. I did a little money line play and they got their asses kicked. So I'm staying away from this one tonight. But, uh, you know, they got the Warriors, the Pistons, and the Lakers coming in over the weekend. Uh, they got good teams to watch and see how they can, you know, can play against. Right now, not the, the greatest performances, night in and night out, by the young Pistons who are definitely trying to reshape themselves and move forward. Uh, to become a contender over the next, you know, hopefully two, three years or so. All right, that's a trip to the Motown betting window presented by our great friends at Bet Rivers. Coming right up, some huge Michigan State news that's breaking as we speak. Talk about that and much more right here on the Detroit CityCast. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. The VEASAN Midseason Football Special is here. Put the VEASAN betting experts to work for you from now through February for only $99. Daily best bet emails, 24-7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus in-depth data and analysis on VEASAN.com. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe and get everything we have to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. All right, well, big Michigan State football news is developing as we record here on a Wednesday afternoon around 4 o'clock. The reports are that Michigan State is preparing a historic that's what all the beat writers are calling it right now. $95 million, 10-year contract extension for Mel Tucker to stay with the Spartans. Some saying it's the Spartans showing a major show of strength that it plans to become a significant spender in college football in the next decade. Of course, we know Mel Tucker has beaten Michigan two years in a row. I mean, last year's situation was a little different. This year's comeback win was incredible. Uh... This would make him one of the highest paid coaches in college football. Only former Michigan State coach Nick Saban is making more this year than Tucker would in a rework contract, $9.7 million. Saban's got seven national titles. And, you know, a lot of uh, it, it is a true adage when you say you're, you're worth whatever someone's going to, you know, you're worth whatever someone's willing to pay to you. And that seems to be where we're at with, with Mel Tucker. You know, right now, He's getting $5.6 million. That was fourth among Big Ten coaches and 13th nationally. They got him, of course, from Colorado uh, last February. It didn't seem like he was their first or maybe even second choice. It seemed like Luke Fickle was the first choice for sure for Michigan State. And that's right after, of course, Mark D'Antonio's sudden retirement. And, and his only year with the, the, the uh, Colorado Buffaloes, he only went 5-7. It's the only time he's ever been a head coach. And then I know he's done a hell of a job coming in here 
at Michigan State so far, and the Spartans have a chance to run the table and go to the playoff. Playoffs? But, you know, this is partly to do with him becoming a target for the LSU job. The rumor is a lot of people down there in LSU, the big boosters and some people that are very close with the football program are big Mel Tucker fans and wanted him to be the next coach, uh, taking over for Ed Ogeron, who's kind of fallen out of favor there uh, at LSU. And, you know, this this is something that's interesting to me. And I've talked to a lot of Spartan fans and some of my Spartan fan friends are really excited about this. Others are like, all right, 10 years you know, they think about the John Gruden situation. I mean, I know it's a little different with John Gruden and racist and terrible emails. But when you commit to someone for 10 years, obviously you can get out of that and, and, and you know, have a buyout clause. But do we know enough about Mel Tucker right now? I know that, that some of you that are Spartan fans are like, this guy's the best. Lock him up. Do whatever it takes. Others are saying, okay, listen, he's been there for less than two full seasons. Yes, he's beaten the Wolverines twice. Yes, he brought in a million transfers this year that have seemingly worked out for the most part, a lot of them on defense. And yes, that defensive secondary has been terrible where a lot of those transfers are playing. But that, do we already know that Mel Tucker is, you know, going to become the next Big Ten Dabo Sweeney or Kirby Smart or, you know, whoever you want to throw in there as a top-level coach? I think it's just a little crazy to start saying, okay, 10 million, it's a 10-year deal to make him one of the highest-paid coaches in college football, like with this reworked deal, he'd basically be the second highest paid in college football. That, to me, seems a little nuts. But listen, in college athletics, it's about money. I mean, this is just money. It's not like you have a salary cap and they're allocating all their funds towards you know paying their coach. You're not paying players in college football. So showing that sign of strength that we're going to be a legit contender along with Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State and whomever else... That's that's a great thing for Michigan State after kind of having some weird situations towards the end with D'Antonio and obviously having this great coach in Tom Izzo that's won a national championship and has been one of the best, you know, college basketball coaches. But to me, it just it just seems a little a little too soon to start saying 10 years, $95 million. Are in four or five years from now, or maybe even three, if the Spartans have some rough years. And I'm not saying they're going to, I'm just saying if that happens, is there going to be a lot of regret from Spartan fans or the Spartans themselves giving Mel Tucker a 10-year deal? What if Jim Harbaugh had gotten a 10-year deal? I know at first it seemed like he was there for the, you know his entirety of his life. But now we're in year seven with Jim Harbaugh, and you know how I feel about him. I still don't believe he can win in the biggest moments. I hope I'm wrong, and it could happen this year where I'm wrong. That'd be great if they can, if Michigan State ends up losing the, the Buckeyes and Michigan controls their own destiny and goes to Indy finally. But I don't have a lot of faith in that. On the other side, Michigan State had this like decade or so, almost decade, of almost being a national power in a way. A few years they were a top four national power. And then the end of the D'Antonio era was pretty bad. And then Tucker comes in, and within a couple of years, they're looking at him like he's, you know, Mark D'Antonio 2.0. Mel Tucker's always been looked at as a great recruiter, always been looked at as someone that, you know, is a, a football guy, but he's only ran a team once before this and for one year. And they had a bad record. And I know it's just one season. But I just wonder if there's going to be a little anxiety if things get bad for a couple years in the next few for Michigan State. And, and all of a sudden, we're, we're tying to this guy for a decade. I, I just think this is a little soon. But I guess if you're going to try to keep him from going to LSU or going to USC or wherever else, if you really believe that he's considering doing that, which would be three teams in three years for Mel Tucker, who already was getting some heat 
for basically, you know, some of the Colorado recruits families and people that played in Colorado thought he basically lied to them because him and his wife said they weren't going anywhere and they did. And then you're at Michigan State and you're trying to save a little face from that, you know, leaving Colorado, coming to Michigan State, and then you're going to leave again? So that would look, I think that would look bad on Mel Tucker's part. But this, this, is, this is a developing story. It looks like it's going to happen. We heard rumors of this about a week or so ago, and now it's really coming to fruition where it looks like it's imminent that this deal is going to get signed, maybe even in the next you know, several hours or by tomorrow or so on, on Thursday. And we'll keep you updated here on the CityCast. But I, I wanted to throw this out there. My producer, Stephen, uh, the S-Man, brought, sent me some great sound from earlier today. And I, I've talked a lot about my feelings on Jim Harbaugh. And I feel like the Wolverines, you know, need to be careful and not turn into Iowa in 15, 16, 17 years with Kirk Ferentz and just keep letting Harbaugh be around, even if he loses in some of the biggest moments or the all the biggest moments for the most part in his tenure. And... People would always say, well, Leach, who are you going to get instead? And I would give a lot of names, whether it's Sonny Dykes or Eric Bieniemy, uh, Brian Harson, who now obviously has a new job in the SEC. And I've obviously mentioned Matt Campbell. Well, Matt Campbell, <laughs> Matt Campbell was asked about goals by a reporter at his press conference. And this is, and this is a Matt Campbell who, you know, as one coach of the year at, uh, at Toledo, I think he won actually two coaches of the year at Toledo. And, uh, or no, he won one at, at Toledo. And then, you know, he goes to um, the Big 12 with Iowa State and he's three-time Big 12 Coach of the Year. And they were looked at as maybe a, a, an upset special, like a, you know, an off-the-radar team that could win the national title this year. You know, not with a great chance. But they're one of those kind of sweet, you know, uh, you know, teams that had a lot of upside value. And they've just had a really bad year. And over the weekend... They lost again, and, you know, it was a game where Iowa State was down a, a bunch to uh, to Texas Tech, and they came back, but then Texas Tech won it in the end, 41-38. to And this Cyclones team, you know, just 6-5 and five on the year. And this was looked at as, as a, or 6-4, and four, excuse me. This, this team was looked at as, as a possible CFP darling, the way that, you know, a team like Cincinnati might become this year. And a team that normally would have a chance to get to the CFP like in Iowa State because it's normally teams like Oklahoma, obviously, or, you know, a team like Baylor or the Buckeyes or, you know, even a team like uh, Oregon out in the West who's been there before, um, Clemson and Georgia and, and teams like that, and obviously, of course, Alabama. And things have kind of gone backwards for him. But this is what he had to say when he was asked about, have you reached, you know, you talked to goals of winning the Big Ten Big 12 championship. This is his response to a reporter's question. How do you, as a coach, view goals? Because at the beginning of the season, you, your players, the goal was Big 12 championship. Oh, not me. That was never my goal. Okay. My goal has always been one thing, and that's to become the best version of ourselves we can become. So you've never heard me say that word once. Um, you've only heard me talk about becoming the best version of yourself you can be. And really, my challenge for this year's team was to become the greatest together team in the history of Iowa State football. And so far, all of our goals are still intact from a Coach Campbell standpoint. Now, could our players have other goals and aspirations? Sure. Do I want them to have great goals and aspirations? Sure. But that's not Coach Campbell's goal. That was never said by me. So if I am working at a grocery store 
And I decided to show up three hours late. And my boss says, well, why are you three hours late? He's like, well, listen, I'm just trying to be the best version of myself. And today that's three hours late. Maybe tomorrow will be on time. And that was ridiculous. And, and listen, this is, I still think Matt Campbell is a good football coach. I still stand behind the sentiment that I've said for a few years now, ever since I you know, kind of started believing that Harbaugh was not going to be able to win in the biggest situations in Ann Arbor. And, and I would bring up Matt Campbell's name. But if he had the resources that Michigan has and the facilities and the recruiting cachet, I still believe he could be a fantastic coach. One bad year at Iowa State after what he's been able to do for the majority of his time here. I mean, he's the three-time Big 12 Coach of the Year with Iowa State. So it's not like this guy's been you know terrible because he's having one bad year. And, and listen, you look at what's going on with uh, you know with Iowa State right now. It's it's not it's this is a bad year, but it doesn't mean that this is a guy who has shown what kind of coach he can be, and you know won eight games in back to back years in a tough Big Twelve and won a bowl game, and that was nine and three last year, and almost really really should have been uh, ten and two, uh, you know some crazy last second losses towards the end of the year. This year definitely a step back, but it doesn't mean that he's he's not a good coach. But to say that in response to that question about goals, that it's all about just, you know, being the best version of ourselves. You know, if we win the Big 12, great. But if we're the best version of ourselves, that's such a cop-out to me. So that was very silly. But, you know, this kind of all ties in with my whole point about Mel Tucker and Matt Campbell and Jim Harbaugh and everybody. It's one thing if you have the results on the field. And that's great. But it's another thing if it's about conjecture and projection and thinking, okay, this is going to be the right guy. But they haven't won anything yet. Campbell hasn't, yes, he's been a, you know, a, a four-time coach of the year, once in the big, uh, the Mac and three times in the Big 12. You know, he's won some big games. He's won bowl games. But he hasn't won anything really of super note. Mel Tucker, he's beat Michigan twice. Awesome. Awesome if you're a Spartan fan. And like I've said, too many of my Spartan friends uh, are, are like, all that matters to us really is beating Michigan. That can't be the case if you're going to sign a coach for 10 years and $95 million. So Mel Tucker hasn't really done anything either. Jim Harbaugh, at one point, one of the highest paid coaches, almost $9 million a year before they, you know, reworked his deal. W- what does he want at Michigan? Nothing. Yeah, he's beaten Michigan State. He's beaten Penn State. Some nice wins this year. But 0-5 against the Buckeyes, the New Year's Six Bowls, the game against Iowa, trouble with the snap, never been to Indy, never been to the CFP. I mean, so what? what's the point of that after seven years? If it was two or three or four, it's one thing. It's seven now for Harbaugh. If they have the chance to beat the Buckeyes to go to Indy again, like they did a few years ago in Columbus, and lose again and go 0-6 against them, what what is the point of that? You just want to keep getting close and failing every time? That doesn't make any sense to me. So, you know, Matt Campbell hasn't really done anything of crazy note yet. Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, not anything of crazy note. Mel Tucker definitely hasn't done anything of crazy note except for beating Michigan twice. But they haven't gone to a CFP yet. They haven't gone to a Big Ten title game yet under Mel Tucker. They could do, they could do it this year. And that would make that extension look even better. But unless you're the, the Dabo Sweeney's or the Nick Saban's or back when Pete Carroll was doing it and cheating, that have actually done it. It's all conjecture. And you got to be careful when you're Michigan State and trying to become more of a national power like you were for some years under D'Antonio. They were definitely a top four, top five program for about three or four years. Owned Michigan's ass, that's for sure. If you're trying to be that way, you got to make the right decisions. And a 10-year deal for a guy that literally has got a head coach for less than three full seasons. Little bit of trepidation for me.
has nothing to do with me being a Michigan fan. I know that a lot of my Spartan friends that I've talked to have, have said the same thing to me. All right, I'll talk to her. I mean, I love the guy, but 10 years? And and the good news, well, I don't want to say good news, but the, the, the better news when it comes to college football is, once again, it's not like they're allocating money for like a player that they would have to lose a dead salary cap money. Colleges can pay whatever they want to whomever they want. I mean, it might upset the constituents and people that think that college football coaches get paid too much or the board of trustees, people, whatever, but that's not going to hurt the Spartan program if they have to, you know, buy out the deal with Mel Tucker. It could hurt how much they offer the next coach, but they're taking a chance here and all due respect and power to them. I just think maybe this this chance they're taking is a little early. We shall see. We'll get into a team that's trying to make the earliness get to later. I'll explain that coming right up. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 270 7117. Well, that team that I was discussing about that's trying to make that earliness get to later, if you get my analogy, is the Detroit Tigers. And the Tigers making some moves. They signed Eduardo Rodriguez to a big deal. And great numbers for the former Red Sox starter. This is a guy that has started at least 20 games in each of his six big league seasons. He was sixth in Cy Young voting in 2019. He had a career-best ERA with 3.8, a 3.81 ERA and uh, 213 strikeouts and 19 wins. And then how about this during the 2021 season for Eduardo Rodriguez? 10.56 strikeouts per nine innings. Career-best for him, fourth in the AL. And also a 3.8 F4, which is the war for the pitchers. Wins above replacement. That was fourth best of the AL as well. And since 2018, Rodriguez has a 70 win percentage, ranking him fourth among all major league pitchers. And what this signals to this Detroit Tigers team is that Al Avila in this franchise is ready to spend again. And there are the rumors about Justin Verlander and, of course, Carlos Correa, which could be the you know future shortstop the Tigers need so much. But when you look at the five-year, $77 million deal that the Tigers offered Rodriguez, and there is an opt-out clause that he can exercise after the 2023 season, but I think the Tigers are saying, listen, we are ready to contend. Now, that doesn't mean win the World Series. That might even just mean try to get into the wild card for now. But after the last five plus, you know, five or so years, after that decade of, uh, for the most part of contention during the Jim Leland and the end of the Brad Ausmus era, this is a great sign that this rebuild is going the right way. And you look at what Matt Manning and Scooble and, and obviously Casey Mize and a lot of the young pieces in the Tigers farm system, the drafting. I mean, I, you look at, uh, you know, what could happen in the next couple of years for the Detroit Tigers as far as some of the young studs. And you look at what you got with a guy like Spencer Torkelson who was mashing it in the minors last year, hitting home runs every night, seemingly. Riley Green, Jackson Job, the first-rounder from this year, uh, who obviously is a high school guy. Dylan Dingler, the catcher, Ty Madden. There are a lot of pieces that not all of them are going to hit, obviously, but some of them will. 
And I already mentioned guys that are already showing, guys like Casey Mize and Scoobo and others in the rotation. You bring in a Rodriguez to kind of anchor that and be that veteran guy, maybe even find a way to get JV back off the, uh, the, the surgery and the injury. And if you get Correa, you're a team that could definitely be in the playoffs next season. Even if it's not next season, this is a team that fought really hard, that had a winning record against above 500 teams throughout the 2021 year. And, you know, after some doldrums, Phantom told with doldrums for the Tigers, this could be where things finally start to change. And you start seeing sellout crowds back at Comerica Park on warm summer nights. And, you know, that loud roar that we've missed so much in many situations uh, down downtown at, at the stadium. And I, I'm, I think this is great, a great sign for a lot of you Tigers fans that have really been excited about what this team has done through the rebuild. I've been one of them that said, listen, I think that Alvila is getting, you know, way too much hate. It's tough when you have fans that are very reactionary after all the success that the Tigers had under Dombrowski and almost the World Series wins, I mean, of course, in, in 2012 um, and 2006. And that it's, it's one of these things where, you know, it takes time. It's, it's what I tell you with the Lions. With the Lions, it's about having patience and knowing that it's better to have some rough moments for a year or two or three that if that leads to like a decade of contention, it's all worth it. It definitely sucks to lose, but wouldn't you rather lose for a few years and then win for a decade and have a chance at championships again? I mean, it's it's one of these things where you've got to have, as a fan, some patience and a reality check. And with the Tigers, a lot of people just hating on Avila. Oh, these picks aren't doing it. Well, the picks that you said were doing anything are now. And I think have a great... I mean, Torgelson is going to be an all-star. I'm not going to say he's going to be a Hall of Famer. That's a little crazy. But Torgelson's going to be a top-level player. Riley Green's going to be a top-level player. I think Casey Mize, I know he's kind of been up and down, but, you know, he's working his way into being a, a, a front-line starter in Major League Baseball. And then, of course, you got to sign players and identify who you want in free agency. And the Tigers get out of Rodriguez, who's a, a very solid pitcher, coming off a great year for the Red Sox. And you look at what this could mean if they bring in Correa, or, or JV to anchor the lineup, you know, the rotation as well. I think the JV uh, possibility is a little more of a fantasy right now than uh, Correa, which might sound a little crazy, but I just don't, I think, I don't think JV's coming back right now. I know he, I know he's talking about playing, he wants to play, including to Ken Rosenthal, according to Ken Rosenthal, either for an East Coast team or the Tigers. I know they're on his list, but I just, I don't, I don't think JV's coming back right now. And to be honest, it would make more sense to try to get Correa than spend money on JV at this stage in his career. You need a shortstop. Been one of the Tigers' big deficiencies. But this could be a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun this year. Tigers exceeded expectations by many. And I think this season coming up, they could be a team that actually could be a possible wildcard contender. I don't think they're ready for the division yet, but teams come out of nowhere all the time in Major League Baseball. This could be the year. And the Tigers right now, I mean, just look at the, the odds they have. They, for the last three years, have been either the worst or the second worst odds to win the World Series. Well, now they're 40 to 1 right now at Bet Rivers. And they've got, let's see, 3, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 teams behind them. So they're almost towards the middle as far as futures odds go. They're right behind Seattle and Cincy and the Angels and the A's. That tells you something that they're growing up there. And that might be a good value. I mean, to be honest, I think the Tigers should be lower than 40 to 1. I think it should be like 50 or 60 to 1 right now because they haven't proven anything. But off the nice year where they had some good moments, that's where Vegas is kind of looking at 
you know, the odds makers are looking at what's going on with the, you know, the number they're putting out for some of these kind of teams. And and 40 to 1, if it's probably never gonna get lower than that, or higher than that, I mean. So this would be a time to snatch it. I'm gonna throw uh, some pennies on the 40 to 1 at Bet Rivers, that's for sure. 100 bucks wins you 4,000. I mean, I don't think the Tigers are winning the World Series, but that's some pretty darn good value with how there's a lot of teams in baseball that have a chance to at least get to the postseason and then go from there, even in this era of people just outspending teams. We look at what the A's have been able to do in, you know, in different years, Seattle and some of the smaller market teams, um, even a team like Milwaukee. It's definitely a small, smaller market than Detroit is. So this is an exciting time to be a Tigers fan, and we'll keep monitoring that for you and see what happens with their win total for the season when those come out, uh, as well as the future odds, division odds, and things like that. All right, that's going to do it for the Wild Wednesday edition of the Detroit CityCast. My man, Matt Charbonneau, beat writer for the Detroit News for the Spartans. He is actually in Indy today for that Butler-Michigan State game and working on the Mel Tucker stuff. And he's going to come on with us for our Football Friday show to get ready for Michigan State, Ohio State. Looking forward to that. An honor for me to go back to Eastern Michigan last night, my alma mater, spend some time with my man Jim Streeter and Greg Steiner and all the great people at Eastern and see them have a nice comeback Last second win against Western Michigan, their fourth win in a row against the Broncos, and seven wins now on the season. Have a chance to get to the MAC title game for the first time ever at Ford Field. So it was great to be back uh, at the factory for the first time in a while, and uh, a nice Eastern Michigan money line play that I gave you. So hopefully you cashed on that as well. All right, we'll see you for Football Friday. Until then, keep reaching for the stars, believe in the dream. Dan Leach, the Squatch, love you all. Out. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.